and different things. And um, so, last couple of weeks, I've been kind of listening to messages and kind of getting into the idea about what we're going to talk about today. And and um, it's a, a lot of the same. We um, hear about the end of the year, last chance for your end of the year giving and. And then we go into our, our Christmas messages. And Christmas messages are, are difficult because there's, you, you know so much of it because we get it over and over again. And uh, so, ask God, so what, do you, what do you want from me this week? What, do, what are we going to do? And uh, I think one of the best ways that we can honor Jesus is to teach. Teach what he was teaching us. Teaching what he wants us to know so we can have a better life. It's a life that he lived and died for. And so we're going to continue on with that. And uh, we're going to be looking at the picture today. So bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to, to speak your word, Father. I just ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, let the message you have for us to come through to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, this isn't a, a normal scripture we do on a, on a Christmas message, but uh, I think it's going to fit today. And you know I don't do things normally anyway, so a lot of you all will be used to it by now. So uh, let's start out with Hebrews 11 and 3. I got a lot of little notes I write down in my Bible. And uh, by chapter 11, I got pinned in the word faith. Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Now, we all picture things. We have a picture in our mind of how things are, are going to be. Um, you might have pictured today when you came in that we were going to jump straight into Matthew or Luke. And uh, didn't have Hebrews pictured. You, uh, you picture how Christmas is going to be. We talked about last week about when we give gifts, we do it because we're picturing a certain reaction. We want to see happiness. We want to see joy on their face. We want some kind of result. So we uh, picture things all about our lives. And uh, I remember when I was, I was a, a young kid, there was a... Uh, a Donald Duck cartoon. And I don't remember exactly what the gist of it was. It was about his mind being cluttered, something like that. Well, the, it, it took a, a glimpse inside his head. And it showed what it would, it was a fictional reposition of what the mind was like. And it was a bunch of storage. There was bookshelves full of books that had a lot of things written down. There was a lot of file cabinets with things filed away. And, um, and I can understand how they would have came out with something like this because, you know, we have so many memories. And if you think about it for a second, you know, we can think about a certain event in our life. Let's say we're going to talk about the first time we ever learned to ride a bike. 
And we can go into our minds and we can pull up a picture. We can see what the bicycle looked like. We can see the path we took. We might see us falling on the ground. And uh, this works out for all of our memories. And you would think, you know, maybe there's just a big catalog in our minds that we could just flip through a photo album or pull up a file drawer and pull out a memory. But actually, the way the mind works is, is when we take in information, it breaks it up into a bunch of little pieces. So when we ask our minds to recall something, it has to pull all these little pieces together and assemble it. Now what happens is, sometimes these pieces don't always go back together just the way it originally was. So that's why if I was to hold up a picture here today and ask you all to study it and then put it away, and then a little bit later in the morning ask you what was the picture about, we would get different results because we saw different things, it got put together differently. And our memories do the same thing. You know, and our mind is such a complex and interesting thing that it will fill in the gaps. It will fill in the missing pieces. We uh, are bombarded with images, pictures. Right now, this time of year, everybody's all about shopping. So we see the commercials on TV. We see the, the sale ads. I want to use an example that we can use all year long. I want to talk about food. Now, when you are circling the, the building of the drive-thru, or walking up to the door of the fast food place, you'll see all around the windows is pictures of the food. The hamburgers, the chicken tenders, the, uh, the french fries, the milkshakes, whatever the case may be. When you open up your newspaper on Tuesdays, whenever the mail comes, you have the sale papers, has all the coupons, and they have pictures of the food. On TV, you'll see a big production commercial, and front and center is that great piece of food that they want you to buy. Now, we've all seen these images. Now, let me ask you this. How many times have you sat down have you unwrapped that wrapper and that sandwich looks just like the picture you saw on TV? See, the pictures we see on TV, the, on the, in the picture, they're perfect. The meat is thick and juicy. The lettuce is crisp. You see little pieces of onion sticking out. You see the cheese is evenly melted. The bun is nice and puffed up and full, and it looks so big and wonderful. But the fact is, a lot of work went into making that one-of-a-kind picture. Many times, to accomplish this task, the sandwich that's being photographed could not even be eaten because it's been enhanced with things that are not edible to give this picture. So, we get a, a false picture of the reality of what it is. Sometimes in life we have trouble accepting 
are proofs. Like if someone was to pay you a compliment, you wonder, is it they really feel that way? Or are they just being nice? Is it just because that's what's socially acceptable? Is that what they should do? When they come by and shake your hand and say, nice job, is it just because you're there and they have to pass by? Or is it because they really they feel that way? I question myself a lot because oftentimes I don't feel like I'm up to the standard that I need to be. So if I don't feel great about myself, how can anybody else like what I'm doing? So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 1. going to skip over all the genealogy, and we're going to start verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the rise, and when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, and she found was child of the Holy Ghost, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But when he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take thee, Mary, thy wife, for what she is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And thou shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. And when all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which spoken the Lord by a prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted God with us. And Joseph, being raised from asleep, did the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took him to his wife, and knew her not till he had brought forth the firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Now I want to ask you a question. These two people, Mary and Joseph, they uh, went through a event, a event that none of us really could wrap our heads around. Being presented with such a, a task, such a, a privilege. And something that was so different. You know that neither one of them had ever pictured that they would be in that situation. Here Joseph, he was preparing to marry this woman. He's going to settle down with this woman and she was about ready to really start her life, start a life together. And you know, we've all been at that point where we're ready to start the next chapter and we envision what it's going to look like. So let me ask you, out of these two, who do you think faced more of a challenge? 
Now, I know all you mothers are going to say that, that Mary did, because you know what it's like to be pregnant, to go through childbirth. But there's a, a lot more things to play in here other than just the, the physical aspect of it. There was a big subject of faith. Who do you think had more faith? Now, it was a challenge for both. Because so many times, even when we know without a shadow of a doubt that it is God, we still question it. God, is, is that really you? Am I understanding this right? And we, we, look, for, we look for more. Because the presence of God is so grand, is so big, is so powerful that we really can't fully comprehend it. Our minds just don't have the capacity and we have been influenced by sin for so long that we just can't see it happening in our lives. Now, for Mary, in the beginning I'm sure it had to be very mind-blowing. And I'm sure there was a, a lot of things going through her mind. You know, there was fear. It wasn't like things are today where an unwed mother would be a, a normal thing. Then it was a, a big deal. She had to think about how her future husband was going to feel about the situation. Because in the beginning, there was nothing really physical that she could feel. But as time went on, she could feel that life inside her. She could feel the kicks. She could see her body start to grow. And see all of the things that's associated with the pregnancy. Furthermore, she also had the knowledge. She knew, she knew, because it was her life, she knew that she had never been with anyone. She knew that she was pure. She knew that the only way that her conception could have taken place was by the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph, on the other hand, have to wonder, even though he had this dream and the angel came, spoke to him, how many times did that doubt pop up in his mind? You know, we've talked about that in the past, that how many times that we know, we know, beyond we know, but yet, somehow or another, Satan needs to find a way through our defenses and plants that little seed of doubt that makes us question everything. Because he didn't have that physical connection. He didn't have that physical proof. He hasn't been with her every moment of the time. He has no way of knowing. The only thing that he had was faith.
faith. So many times in life, there's so many things that happen to us. Things go bad. It makes us doubt. It makes us fear. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mary and Joseph, they were hand-selected because of their hearts, because of who they were on the inside. And they went through a great ordeal in the name of the Lord. And so many of us do too. A lot of times we don't even know why we're having to do the things we do and why we face the battle we face. But God is allowing us to do this. He is allowing us because he has his reasons. He has the furtherment of his kingdom. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus willingly and freely came. And you see, even him, from the very beginning, he was born in a manger. And we even have, we have this picture of the, we see the little nativity scene set up. We have the little, the little barn there and the little animals. But, you know, in reality, this was a cave carved out of a mountain, a little pocket in the earth, maybe with some wooden structure over it. Not a place any of us would want to hang out. Not a place that any one of us would want to spend the night. But yet, this is the place where the king of kings, the ruler upon rulers, the son of God, started his mission to save all of us. And throughout, he was doubted. He was feared. He was mocked. And eventually, he died so all of us could be saved. So much that takes our eyes off Jesus. We were out and we're looking around and we see that it seems like there's, we was talking about it last night, that it seems like now there's even less people that even bother to, to put up their Christmas lights. That the holidays kind of all blend together. That it's just a thing now that we kind of just get through. There is a reason why we have Christmas. 
We are celebrating our Lord and Savior. We're celebrating his birth. For unto us a child is born, for the son is given, for the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. He really is. He's wonderful. Because there is nothing he is not willing to do for us. There is not a love any greater than the love of Jesus. Counselor. We've been talking about how to receive provision, how to receive guidance. Jesus is our counselor. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what we need, what is good for us. Every step of the way. You know, we read through the Word of God and we think about it as a, a historical text because of things that had happened. But you know, whenever it was happening, Jesus was carefully picking his words. Jesus knew every word that was going to be written down and Jesus knew how it was going to affect each and every one of us right here today. We've heard the story where he turns water into wine. And in that reference, he calls his mother woman. And it seems like a kind of maybe a derogatory thing. But the reason is, he wanted us to know that he was performing this miracle not because his mother told him to. Not for any other reason than he is the Son of God. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Jesus tells us, for if you have seen him, you have seen the Father, for he and the Father is one. God himself, as Jesus, came down and lived the life that all of us have to endure through all this sin. He left the amazement of heaven to come down here as a child, as an infant, to grow up in this world, to face every sin, every temptation, and come out unscathed, never failing once. All because of us. The everlasting Father. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Prince of Peace. All we really long for in life is happiness. Peace. Prince of Peace. I don't think there is any greater feeling than having the peace that only Jesus can provide. Peace through his salvation. Peace knowing your eternity is secure. Peace knowing that you have a wonderful counselor. Peace knowing that the mighty God loves you so much. The mighty God wants you to have everything that you need and desire in life. 
They want you to be happy. Peace. As we go into this week and we're giving and receiving, let's not forget about the most important gift, which is Jesus Christ. Let's make a point to give that gift. It's so easy to just not, to hold our tongue, to assume someone has found Jesus, to assume that everything's okay. Another year is quickly passing. Another Christmas is fixing to come and go. We don't know how many more there's going to be. We don't know how many we have in our individual lives. And we don't know when God's going to say, enough is enough. Bring my children home. We don't know when Jesus decides to come back. When he's making that return trip. He is so special in so many ways that words cannot bring it justice. And the only way that you can truly understand Jesus is to have him in your heart. I can't think of a better thing to receive than the gift of Jesus. It's not a better thing to give than the gift of Jesus. Let's change our way of thinking. Let's start making it a point to share the good news. Enjoy your family time. Enjoy the, the festivities of the season. But remember what it truly is all about. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we just can't thank you enough for the gift which is Jesus for the sacrifice that he has made, for his love. We just are, are so grateful, Father, to have you in our lives. And Father, my prayer is today that even if you have, if someone has accepted Jesus and knows that they are a child of God, that they can further receive the peace that only Jesus can bring. Father, I ask that you trouble our hearts that we see each and every opportunity to be able to share Jesus. And we'll have the, the strength and the ability and the quickness of tongue to be able to stand up proudly and boldly and dis disclaim it. And Father, we ask for the ones that are, are struggling, the ones that are on the fence, Father, about whether to turn their lives over to you, to whether to get involved, whether to make a stand, that the shackles that are holding them back be broken. We ask that everyone that can hear my voice today, Father, can go out and just feel your presence upon them and want to share that with others. That we can shake off what the world has tried to turn this upcoming day into, Father, and we can shake that off and the true meaning of what Christmas is can come.
come through. Father, I ask if anyone here has a movement to make, Father, that they will not delay any longer, that they will have the strength, Father, to stand up, to come forward, and make the request be known to you. That no one will walk in out of here today in the same condition as they walked in. That lives will be changed, Father. And it's all because of your Son. We thank you for everything, Father, and ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375, you'll please stand. <laughs> 